How you doing, man? We finally figured it out. We made it happen. Hey, um, you know, it's it's weird. I whenever I do an episode or I, I do something with an atheist, all the religious people get mad at me. And then um, whenever I do like a, a podcast or something with a a religious person or a pastor, all all the atheists get mad at me. It's like I, I don't actually. I, that's not actually what's happening. I think it's a dozen people on each side who are just looking for something to be outraged about. Um, and it, I find it really strange. You and I have known each other since we were in high school, and uh, maybe even before then, but definitely, definitely since we worked at Bill Knapp's in high school together. <laughs> and and um, uh, we can have different beliefs, but still love and care about each other. And uh, now it feels like a time where where we need to have that understanding more than ever. So there are a few things I wanted to talk talk to you about today, but I just kind of I wanted to start by getting getting your thoughts on on that sentiment. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and just I just want to say thanks so much for having me on. I don't know if you've ever talked with a religious person or a pastor and had that religious person or pastor get mad at you, but that's my hope for today. <laughs> that's what I'm planning on. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> banish me to hell or something. <laughs> if only I had that power, uh, that would have happened a long time ago with other people, I think. Uh, no, I think well, let, let's, let's, set, let's set some context. Um, you are a, a, a pastor for a large church. I think you would you would hesitate to say that you're the pastor of a mega church, but I think a lot of people might might uh, categorize it that way. Um, but you you are a pastor for for a, a church with a large congregation, and I'm, I'm I assume these t- times are affecting you in in strange ways, and they will continue to affect you and your your church in in strange ways. Absolutely, you know I, I don't know if mega church is the right word, but you know we have. A, you know, a fair amount of people that would call our church their church home. And so, yeah, this time is incredibly disruptive as it is for everywhere else. And, you know, we've had to pivot on some things and try to figure out how we can still uh, try to do what we feel like we're supposed to do, you know, both individually and as a, as a staff and as a church together through these really weird times, which means a lot online, everything online, you know, and, uh, and trying to, to still show that we care and love, uh, people, even if we can't physically be with them, which kind of as a segue back to your original question, I think that's probably been true of you and I, right? I mean, we haven't lived in the same city for a long time, and yet uh, our friendship has continued, I hope, you know, um, to even grow stronger, you know, because we both care about each other and love each other over a distance. And so, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, in some ways, we're, we're just trying to practice maybe modern friendship, you know, in, in a new way. Uh, when when some of kind of our main um, you know elements that we would normally look to are taken away for sure. But now but now that's taken away for virtually everyone. Uh, hopefully it's we're giving up ourselves and we're not being forced to to give that up at least not in perpetuity. But um, it, there, there's this this sort of temporary moment here. But I also don't think we're going to go back to where we were before. And a lot of people yeah. have been asking like what. Uh, uh, when is this thing going to turn around? But I don't think it will. I, I think there's going to be some new normal. But I actually think that's an incredible opportunity for us. We, we get to realize that maybe our economy was not was not as strong as we pretended it was. We, we, we were, for the longest time, pretended like, oh, just infinite GDP growth is is the thing to strive for. But all of a sudden, 
if people only buy what they need for two weeks, our economy collapses. That that's not the the sign of a healthy economy. That's the sign of a of a very vulnerable economy. And, and I think maybe we have an opportunity now to to build this new economy. And I'm saying that sort of in vocal quotes here uh, uh, on community and intentionality as opposed to just the gross domestic product. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting, and, and there's a lot of wording going on right now about the word economy, but economy just kind of refers largely to, as I understand it, I'm sure someone will correct me, as just the exchange of things, you know, the exchange of stuff or currency or whatever. And so there's social economy, there's emotional economy, there's certainly spiritual economy and and financial economy, of course. And so, yeah, I think this new time is forcing us all to look at what are we willing to exchange for things, you know, and what are we willing to exchange for time with people? And what are we willing to exchange for sanity and, and, and peace in our own hearts? And, you know, my my particular faith tradition as a, as a Christian really emphasizes living within, you know, a daily moment, uh, you know, and that's kind of baked into our our prayer, you know, that we look to the most of, you know, Jesus saying, give us today our daily bread, you know? So the idea is, is that we go to sleep and then we wake up and then we say, God, I'm, I'm open my arms to the day. Uh, that's what one um, guy that I like a lot describes it as I open my arms to the day. And, and then we, we kind of receive what comes to us and then we, we go to sleep. And then the next day we, we try to do that again. The idea of, of storing up things, you know, for months or weeks or even years down the road, certainly from a, a spiritual standpoint, is really ineffective. You know, you, you got to make uh, you got to make decisions to point your heart towards re- the reality that you're trying to, to focus on every day. Well, I wanted to talk to you about about prayer since literally you wrote the book on prayer. Or a, a book, book at least. a book. And, <laughs> and I think I think 35 people have read it. So maybe more than that uh, will, will come out of this. Yeah. Well, I'm one of those people who, who have read it. Um, <laughs> well, and I can comments. tell you. Well, no, I mean, I can tell you that afterward, I have I've certainly implemented a a type of prayer in into oh, wow. into my days, and um, although here's what I'll say, I I think for the longest time maybe I had a misconception about prayer, especially before mm-hmm. I read your book, and and because it seemed to me like if we have this omnipotent uh, God in, in you know, who who knows all and is all powerful, it, it almost felt like I was trying to report to God. In a yeah. way where it yeah. was like, hey, God, did you know that there is this COVID-19 crisis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and like, like I'm down here on the ground reporting to this this being and <laughs> it, it's and, and but that that's not really your take on on prayer and why it's helpful or why it's powerful or why it's necessary in your life. No, no. I, and I think that's a, probably the reason that most of us start. Right. You know, as we think that. Uh, we have to do God's job for him. And, and from my perspective, you know, prayer is more uh, about an emptying and a filling, you know, in the sense that there's a lot of things inside of me, my ego, my selfishness, my hurt, my pain that needs to be emptied out. Uh, and there's a lot of things that I hope take the place of that, you know, which is, you know, selflessness and a commitment to others and an awareness of who I am and, and the fact that I'm not just what I do, but that I actually have a soul and and then certainly for me, you know, uh, an awareness that there is this this being out there who's personally interested in me and, and wants to um, have a friendship with me. You know, that's where prayer for me fills it up in that sense. And so, yeah, it's more of an emptying and a feeling, not so much. Hey, here's what's going on in the world. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what I need help with. Now, go, God, you're 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 uh, released. You know, go ahead and get to work. Yeah. That's what, not- what are you emptying in, in this emptying? And then what are you what are you filling yourself with? Oh, man, I think during this particular season, I think, you know, there's this kind of and sometimes it gets a bad rap, you know, our Christian faith and and the public. But, 
you know, being a Christian is not a pass from being a human being from my perspective, you know, and, and I still have plenty of anxiety and worry, you know, and I have four kids and, uh, you know, I'm responsible for, for our family. I'm responsible for our church in many ways. And, and so this time of uncertainty is, is uh, affecting me just like everyone else, you know, and I think anyone who says, oh, I'm just going to have faith and I'm not afraid, they're either much holier than I am, or they're just a better liar than I am. You know, I, I just don't know. But but for me, prayer is saying, God, I, I put everything into your hands uh, and I don't control tomorrow. And that's always been true. And yet uh, in this particular time of you know pandemic, I think it, that reality just gets pressed even harder on me. And so there's a lot that, that my prayers have taken the shape of really just pure surrender, saying, God, I don't control any of this and help me to um, accept that. You know, and recovery, you know, re- recovery language, you know, from 12-step communities and whatnot, I think is really helpful in all that, too. Yeah, I went to a, a Russell Brand uh, event recently, and I mean, he, he mixes in the 12-step the language with spirituality and with with comedy as well. And, and yeah. this perfect sort of blend of uh, it is simultaneously entertaining and informative. And I found that that people in your space who I'm most compelled by, like Erwin uh, McManus, who yeah. uh, has been on our podcast, and we've done some other stuff with with him as well. And um, he he walks that line of, of figuring out how to entertain people, inspire people, but also inform them and, and stay true to his his beliefs. And, and I imagine that, that you have to do that as well. I mean, you, you're hopping up on, on a stage almost every weekend of, of the year, and, and you have to, have to find that balance. Well, for sure. Probably similar to you. You know, anyone who's, who's going to make a pronouncement that this is how you should live or this is how I've found goodness in living, and maybe you want to consider that too. I mean, the first thing we probably encounter, at least I certainly do, and I don't know if you feel this way, but it's just you finish up and you just feel like a fraud. You know, you just feel like, man, I, I don't, I don't do what I even just asked people to think about doing very well, uh, and and I still struggle. And so for me, I think the journey has been recently, and it's it's been helped along by this pandemic. Is just, you know, what does it mean to to speak out of a place of vulnerability? You know, Brene Brown talks about this all the time. You know, but what does it mean to say, hey, I, I'm just like you. You know, I'm I'm on this journey trying to figure all this out, and I get anxious and tired, and I, you know, get impatient with my kids, and I snap off it things that, that really shouldn't get to me and all those things. And yet uh, the difference, I think, for me as a, as a Christian, as I would say, but uh, the God that I'm, I believe in says that's really OK. You know, it's really OK to, to not be perfect. And so that's what I try to keep pointing you know, my own heart to, but also to others is that, you know, uh, faith, faith, at least in my space, is very much this permission to be a human being, you know, while at the same time, depending upon something bigger. Yeah, I feel like we we are this this collage of of contradictions in many ways, and I think that's why we we feel that that you know you could call it imposter syndrome or whatever. Sure. Because in, in by the way, it's these these expectations, whether they're internal or or external expectations. You reminded me of uh, the, we we just finished our our next book called Love People Use Things, and there is this little stanza sort of uh, that, that talks about that contradiction and. It basically says, you know, I'm one half textbook, one half Ouija board, one half architect, one half an, uh, anarchist, uh, one half Buddha, one half Pornhub. And, and th- that's sort of like, like how, how I feel like my life is where, where quite often we are careening from, it, it, it almost feels like the, um, when you're playing, uh, bowling but they got those little bumpers on on the side you just yeah run the ball down there and i feel like i'm careening from from side to side and and no matter how you know um 
intentionally I live my life, there's always room for improvement. There's always something in the margins that, that we can, that we can improve. Yeah, I, I will for sure. And I think that's probably where you and I find a lot of common ground too, you know, is that, uh, and you can't really teach that or train that. And it's not like you and I years and years ago set out and said, let's be friends over the fact that we want to try to, you know, be better for others and for ourselves. But yet, as our friendship has kind of carried us through these years, I think that's been one of the, the narrowings that's happened. You know, as, even though we live in different cities, different states, I assume, you know, have different beliefs about a lot of different things. Uh, one thing that, that we continually find common ground on besides coffee is uh, the fact that, you know, we, we are hopefully both trying to practice some self-awareness and, and to be a better, you know, today than what we were a year ago, you know? And I think we're, we're both willing to, to be wrong. And I think that's, sure. that's, that's really helpful in any relationship because uh, a particular kind of righteousness where it, it is nose in the air, um, holier than thou, either literally yeah. or figuratively is, yeah. is, is not a way to, to um, uh, make and influence other, make friends and influence people. Right. Right. And, and I would say even back to the whole prayer thing, you know, the, the belief that, that Christianity, at least my understanding of it, it has is that, you know, we're way worse than we even know, you know, like we're way better than we even know, too, because we're made in the image of God. But like we're way worse than we even know. Uh, and and that kind of like that little pocket of blind spot that, that you have, I have, you know, that everyone has is bigger. And, uh, you know, one author says it this way, that the deepest things about you that are most troubling and, and, and most dangerous to your life and your heart you're always the last to know about it, mm. you know, and the people around you always see it before you. And so I, I think that's really humbling and, and yet true. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, the path forward, I think, in any type of intimacy or friendship with God, but certainly with other people, too, is just a willingness to be able to say, hey, I, I probably don't have all of this right. And a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, I reserve the right to change my mind because hopefully I'm going to see things differently and better, you know. Man, I hope so. I, I hope that that I I disagree with my thirty uh, nine year old self. Yeah, right? that's a great way uh, to say it. Yeah, and, and because if if not, then I haven't I haven't learned much. Now, now, yeah. Adam, tell me this: What, what do you think in, in terms of going forward? How how is this pandemic going to change things for the better with respect to assembling uh, with, with your gatherings with with your congregation and also with your friends and family. How, how do you think that we're going to come out of this better in, in a way? Uh, that's a great question. And, you know, many ways I'll, I'll channel that inner, you know, part of me that has no idea, you know, I, and so in some ways I don't know, but I can already see parts of that. You know, I certainly am calling my friends and reaching out to my friends and family a lot more. And it's amazing that when life slows down, you realize uh, how how much we hide behind busyness as an excuse to avoid doing the important things that we probably should be doing anyway, you know? And so uh, I'm much more aware of that. I'm certainly much more mindful of like time with my kids, you know, and, and just being with them and being present with them. So I hope uh, that out of all this, that, that we emerge as a people, you know, with this greater awareness and commitment to being present with, with our surroundings and specifically our people. I think too, you know, it's um, from in regards to our church, it, I hope it makes us more grateful, you know, grateful for the opportunity to, to gather, you know, in, in other countries throughout the world, you know, gathering together as a, as a faith community has been prohibited for a long time. It's very difficult. You know, here in our country, we have not experienced that, you know, really ever. Uh, and yet, 
now we are. And so I hope that whenever this thing ends, whether it's a month from now or six months from now or a year from now, I hope that when we can gather together again, we, we maybe come more with a little bit more gratitude. Man, I think that's a great place to end it. Adam, thank you so much, brother. Hey, love you a lot, man. Stay safe.